There's only one passage of scripture that I want to read, and then we're going to pray and then get into this. Um, it was this passage of scripture that was really uh, rocking me. It is in 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 1. We can have it on the screen, or you can find it in your Bible or on your phone. 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 1. It says, there was a famine in David's time. And it went on, I'm reading this from the message version. There was a famine in David's time, and it went on year after year after year, three years. David went to the club. David, David went to the hookah bar. <laughs> Got to make the Bible come alive. David went to the strip club. No. Usually that's what men do when we are experiencing a famine in the area. David went to God seeking the reason. Says a lot about a man that when you're going through, I'm not going to weed, I'm not going to cheap sex, I'm not going to the strip bar, I go to God. Because he's the only one that can give you the clarity. Goes to God seeking the reason. God said... This is because there is blood on Saul and his house from the time he massacred the Gibeonites. So I was reading this. Mm. Okay. There was a famine in David's time. Somebody say David's time. So he is feeling the effects of a famine. Why am I going through this? And God says, it really has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the man before you. Y'all see this? Mm. A man before you, David, has caused conditions for your life to experience a famine. Now, this is not a permission slip for you to feel confirmation. Oh, yeah, this is why I'm like this. And Oh, yeah, this is why I'm like that. And this is what happened. David then sought on how to fix it. Yeah. After a while, we're going to have to stop blaming mama. We're going to have to stop blaming exes. We're going to have to stop blaming pastors. We're going to have to stop blaming church hurt. We're going to have to stop blaming what your past did. After a while, we're going to have to get to the point, if God is with me and for me, who can be against me? And if I'm the one that God wants to use to change a cycle, God use me. If I'm the one that God wants to use to break a chain, God use me. I'm not going to keep on complaining and saying, look at my chains. I'm going to say, God, help me break Break it. Help me break it. A lot of us, my mama did this. My ex did this. You don't understand church hurt. I'm a pastor. I got hurt too. But each and every week you expect me to preach. You expect me not to bleed on you. You expect sound biblical doctrine. Why is the standard higher of me than it is of you? Just like you desire for me to heal, I desire for you to heal. Something happened, David. And it was a man before you that has caused for you to experience his drought. Let's pray on that. Will, you already know. Let's pray. Let's get to work. Dearly Father God, we thank you for this opportunity that you have fashioned before the foundations of the world. Before time began, you saw this moment and you already orchestrated deliverance, breakthrough, healing, and chains being broken. So Holy Spirit, we invite you into this moment 
that you would go in and heal generational trauma, generational heartbreak, yes. and help us to make the transition into healing, into yes. breakthrough, into deliverance. We thank you that everything that people walked in here with today, they are leaving here. We are walking out free. We are walking out whole. We are walking out in purpose. We are walking out in destiny. Satan, the Lord rebuke you and the blood of Jesus be against you. We wage war on the kingdom of darkness. We wage war on economic trauma. We wage war on the bondage that we walked in here with and we declare freedom today. Yes, In the name of the Father. Yes. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We pray. Yes. Amen. 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 <laughs> so let, let's, let's get this conversation started. I don't know if we want to start off by reading the text or just uh, expounding on. They're pointing a... Uh, Ezekiel has a... Uh, we're going to carry him. His voice is a little tweaky. My voice... I don't know. Let me see your mic. Check, 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 check. Yeah, my voice is going out, but it's strong in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. So there's a scripture. God reveals some amazing things. I'm going to have my brother Will read the passage in Mark chapter 9, verse 17 to 22. If yes. you can, read that for me. And you guys, you're going to see something that you may have never seen before. So go ahead, brother. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Mm. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. Mm -hmm. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Man, it, that passage is so revelatory. I love that Jesus asked certain questions that caused his father to bring out certain answers. Um, and so this spirit robbed the boy of speech. It's the first thing that we see. And the first thing I just want to highlight is the enemy. <clears throat> we know the enemy comes to, but to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. The enemy doesn't just come to steal or kill or destroy but the enemy comes to steal so that he may kill, so that he may destroy. I'm sorry, bad news is the enemy did not just come to cause you to lose your job. Yeah. The enemy did not just cause you to have a bad hair day or to yeah. blow out your tire. The enemy wants to steal something yeah. so that he may kill something so that he can destroy. Yeah. yeah. And so the reason why the enemy robbed them of speech first is because there was a set of warfare attempts that the enemy was planning to strategize against this young man and he needed him to be silent to execute wow. them successfully. That's so good, man. Come say on. that again. He needed him to be silent so that he can execute them successfully. And so I want you to reflect upon your life, men, what has been stolen from you. Yeah. And when you begin yeah. to assess what's been stolen from you, 
you begin to understand what the enemy is trying to kill in you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, you grew up without a father, and yes, something was stolen from you, but what is the enemy trying to kill in you? Yes, okay, you lost that relationship, and yeah, something was stolen from you. You lost that job, and something was stolen from you, but what is the enemy trying to kill in you? And so if we understand that the enemy moves like that, we position ourselves carefully because the enemy robbed this boy of speech so that when he threw him into convulsions, he wouldn't be able to seek the aid of his family members and his father. But I'm going to move past that because something even deeper happens. First of all, we see that as we move further in the passage, this man, this this boy was brought forth. I love, I'm going to let you go and, and, and take this over. He was brought forth and Jesus said, bring him to me. Why? Because all these years through his childhood, this boy could not have his issues resolved by his family. Even the disciples tried to cast Mm. out the spirit and could not. And his father could not resolve this Mm. issue. So Jesus stood there and he said, bring the boy to me. I want you to understand that there is nowhere you can go, man of God, son of God, to become whole. There is no amount of sex where you could find your identity in. There is no vice that you will be able to become whole in the Lord the voice of the Lord is calling for you to bring the boy to me and not just yourself he doesn't want the preacher yeah come on you don't want the six-figure man come on yeah he don't want the only one or the only thing that you've used to frame yourself with or to find validation in he says bring the boy to me why the enemy strategically attacks the boy. Why? Y'all got to understand, the enemy wants to destroy the church. How does he destroy the church? He destroys the church by destroying the family. And how does he destroy the family? He destroys the family by destroying the man. And how does he destroy the man? He destroys the man by going after the boy. So good. And so we're looking at a lost generation of boys and we think, oh, we got to pray for a category of people in society. Mm. No, you're talking about the generation. Because if he gets the boys, he got the generation. And so Pharaoh said, kill all the boys because the Hebrews are becoming stronger. And so the king said, I want all the boys because they knew a redeemer was coming that was going to rise to become king. Bring me the boys. So even the voice of the Lord is being duplicated and manipulated and the enemy is whispering, bring me the boy. Why do you think they got you with pornography at such a young age? Why do you think you've been so addicted and why do you think the trauma has been with you for so long? The enemy knew that if he could steal your innocence, if he could steal your trust for another human being, if he could steal your morality as a boy, see, because the enemy knows that if he fights early, he doesn't have to fight hard. You're going to have to say that again now. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. So good, bro. If the enemy fights early, he doesn't have to fight hard because whatever he plants in you will grow with you. And so you're so attached to your vices and to the ways that you've expressed these ailments that it's a part of you. Yeah. And now you call yourself addicted. Mm. That's one of your names. And I just want, I'm going to let this go right here and I'm going to let my brother uh, um, take this. But the Lord is calling for the boy in you. And the day that you're literally able to just, look, drop the ego at the door. 
Drop the man you think you've become right there and bring, surrender the boy to him. That is the day you'll begin to see God doing a mighty work in your life. Yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> Golly. Don't nobody want to come behind that. <laughs> so I have, I think what's powerful is that none of this is rehearsed. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were in the back and we just, a scripture came up and then we all were just dove into it. So none of this is rehearsed. But when he had presented this passage and it was just on his heart, I was like, let's, let's not forget that when you look at this text, this was an older man. When you study this text, this was an older man. And yet Jesus says, bring the Boy, I'm going to let that sit in. An older man, but Jesus says, bring the boy to me, the little boy to me. And we articulate that this is a dumb spirit because this spirit wants to make sure that he does not talk. I need to make sure that this young man, this older man, does not speak. So when he gets ready to talk, I'm going to convulse so that he will be quiet. Every time. And that's why if you keep reading the scripture, Jesus speaks to that spirit and says, do not return again. Which says there is a pattern in which there are seasons where the man feels like he's good, feels like he's strong, and he feels like he's bold, and then that spirit returns, and then all of a sudden he's quiet again. Not talking again, in his feelings again, doesn't know how to speak, because that spirit never left, it just quiet, it leaves, and then it returns, and then Jesus says, I need you to never return again. Powerful. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. It's the, the reality of the situation. A lot of men are struggling from the inability to refine the voice, right? Wow. It's the spirit came upon him and it made him silent. It stole his speech. Mm. And the reason why a lot of men don't ask for help now is because the enemy jumped on them and stole their voice when they were boys. And so we, we grow up in the, this inability to express vulnerability and ask for something and say, God, I'm in need, and, and closed mouths don't get fed, right? So we're in this state where all of these men are projecting off this false sense of masculinity that we think it makes us strong because we can handle it, right? Because I'm strong enough to take it. When the reality is I'm, I'm not strong enough to say that I can't. Yeah. Come on. Will. And the goal here today yeah. is to help us to reclaim the voice because the enemy jumps on boys before we realized or knew how to ask for help. Yeah. So if I can get the boy before you know how to say this hurts, then you will grow up unable to say, hey, I'm dealing with pain. Mm. So we are now going through life and we're trying to figure out how to project. You know, how we were talking about uh, even soldiers when they come home from war and they struggle with PTSD. You know, a lot of them have an inability to say that they're struggling because admitting it 
is synonymous with the loss of respect. Come on. Because if I say I'm struggling with something that I was trained to do, yeah. that makes me weak. Because as a soldier, I'm trained to go to war. Yeah. Right? But how do I come back and survive after war? Recover. And we go into wars strong. Yeah. But when we come out of battles, we don't have a plan of action. So then when we come home and I'm left with my thoughts and I've lost my voice, then all I hear is the enemy. Yeah. And all the devil does is just tell me this and tell me this and tell me who I'm not. And because I don't have the voice to combat what I've experienced, I start adopting what I'm hearing. Come on. Because all reality is adopted reality, right? That's how you can put two people in the same projects and one person believes the only way out is to sell drugs and the other one believes that the, if I get in my books and I do what I need to do, I can get me a scholarship, I can make something out of myself. Same situation, two different realities. Mm -hmm. And we come back from war because we're supposed to handle the battle. Yeah. And we come home and we are battling with this concept of how do I project the image of a soldier when I'm crying on the inside, yeah. when I'm broken on the inside. That's why it's hard for me to worship in church because worship is me releasing my sense of control. Yeah, come on. Worship is me saying, God, you know what? I need you now. Yeah. Worship is the gateway, it's access for the Holy Spirit to come in and do what he needs to do. And we've lost our voices as boys. Yeah. So when it's time to worship, guys, we're, we're, we're tight. Yeah. We got our hands down. Or if we worship, it's like that. You, we check in the surroundings yeah. because I'm not comfortable to get lost in my vulnerability. Yeah. You, yeah. Wow. Because a vulnerable place is scary to me. Yeah. Because I'm supposed to be equipped to fight. Yeah. But what do I do when I get to that place when I realize that every time I'm going into these battles, I'm losing because I'm not equipped to handle the after effect? Because mm. you know what happens, and, and I'm going to pass it over to you, Good. is that we'll go into a battle and we lose a piece of ourselves. And then we come out of that battle and never replace that piece. So then we go into the next battle with one piece less. And then the next battle with one piece less. So then we're experiencing battles and we're trying to figure out why am I in this state of continuous losses? It's because all of the battles I just went through before, I never got replenished from. And we are trying to figure out as men, how do I claim this place of purpose and promise and destiny when I am missing so many pieces? So good. And I identify the lack of my pieces, but I don't have the voice to speak to it. Yeah, yeah. So if the enemy can say, you know what? You're never gonna recover. Yeah. You know what? Let me throw you into convulsions. Let me make you act out. Let me throw you into these, these grown-up tantrums and yeah. you spazzing on your wife and yeah. you you taking it out on your kids because we don't have the voice to say, you know what? I'm hurt. Yeah. I'm missing pieces. Yeah. And I can't operate at my highest self mm. if I'm missing pieces. So good. And I don't have the voice to describe the pieces that I'm missing. So then wives were sitting there like, well, what's wrong with you? Well, why are you every time, like you said, you go through seasons, you're high and you're low and you're hot and you're cold. What's going on? It's because there are some days when I'm able to manage my missing pieces. And some days when the only thing I see is missing pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So it's trying to correct the vision of, of how I see myself. Because then this is what happens with men. 
is that we'll identify our missing pieces and then now, now that makes me inadequate to myself. Wow. So when I identify that I'm missing something, now I look weak. Yeah. So now what we gotta do, I gotta be stronger now, I gotta be bigger. Yeah. Because I identify my missing pieces but I can't let you see it. Yeah. Because you gonna call me weak. Yeah. And we're so concerned about the fact that if I express my vulnerability, you gonna call me weak. Instead of saying, you know what? You were strong enough to come down to the altar. You were strong enough to say, I don't have it. You were strong enough to say, my marriage is on the brink. You were strong enough to say, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Because if I say I'm losing my mind, are you gonna call me crazy? If I say I'm on the brink of divorce, are you gonna say that I'm weak and I, and I should have never got married? How are we labeling, when, when men are entering into these vulnerable places, Yeah. What is, what is the, the survival after war? Because yeah. I'm holding my post-traumatic stress disorder because if I expose it, are you going to call me weak? Yeah. You supposed to say that's, that's my mic. Oh, there it is. Bro, I can't slap you, so I just... I'm just <laughs> my brother, you talked about feeling and being able to feel. Yeah. And, uh, and Jesus felt. Yeah. And even in that, in that garden when he was praying, he said... You know what? I can't. I, I don't feel I can do this. He prayed to his father, but he said, "Nevertheless, not my will, but Thy will be done." And so, <clears throat> it's not about <clears throat> not having the permission to feel. See, God, he, it doesn't matter that we feel, and it doesn't matter, you know, you know what we're feeling. But He wants He wants us to reconcile, not how we feel but how we feel. Yeah. Let's say it again. Yeah. He doesn't, he wants to reconcile not how we feel, but how we feel. What do you do with those feelings? Yeah. Um, in James chapter one, it says, um, an unstable, I mean, um, a man that doubts is like the waves of the feet, sea that gets tossed about by the winds. Yeah. He is unstable in all his ways. Yeah. A man that doubts is unstable in all of his ways. Let him not believe that he can receive anything from God. Unstable in all his ways. So it goes back to how is a man unstable? A man that doubts is unstable. And it made me realize that when we're talking about emotions, what we're really talking about is beliefs. Hear me yeah. when I say this. Yeah. You're not, so we talk about express your emotions. What we're really saying is express inner beliefs about oneself or about God. Yeah. And so if I believe that, oh, I'm not enough, then I feel discontent and that is expressed in particular ways. And what happens is if we're not able to manage, hello, if we're not able to yield the control to God, then we're going to want to ex control external factors. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've learned this. One of the worst inventions for man's psychological, emotional development is the air conditioning system. Because when we're uncomfortable in the room, what we do is we'll go to the AC and turn the heat up or turn the air up, you know, to accommodate our discomfort. And so we're programmed into believing that we have the ability or the right to control external factors when we're uncomfortable. And so now, because I feel insecure, I'm going to be aggressive towards you. 
And now because I, I feel fearful, I'm going to be abusive towards you. Yeah. And so now all of these things that I'm feeling, we're wondering like, man, why is he running that way? Why is he acting out that way? Behavior is like language of the body. So we're talking about voice and we're talking about speaking up. When you see someone's behaving, it's their body speaking up. And so we're saying, well, he's not speaking. If he's acting, he's speaking and his actions are saying something. And what he's saying is an expression of what he believes about himself. And unless we have the spirit of God to discern that stuff, we don't really see a broken person. We see a person acting out in a particular way. Oh, he's violent. No, he's scared. And I feel like if, if, if I fight and if I'm aggressive, I'll never fall back into this insecure, fearful place. So I'm going to be aggressive and my aggression is a front. My aggression is a front for the internal war that I have on the inside of me. And so for one, we need, we need safe spaces to be able to express what we believe because unless we express those beliefs, those beliefs can never be challenged or confronted or corrected. So we need safe spaces to, to do that. But then also we need to be able to submit our beliefs because the truth about it is the word belief is also synonymous with submit. And that's why we get a uh, uh, salvation wrong. We say, if you believe, then you know, you'll enter the kingdom of heaven. You know what that really means? If you submit, because belief is that internal submission. Yeah. And I am, I, I now move and I'm aligned with what I believe. So if Jesus is Lord, what is saying is my actions, my body, my life, my money is submitted to the idea that Jesus is Lord. It's not a mental acknowledgement. Yeah. It's a total submission of. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why doubt is so dangerous because you cannot walk in the sonship that God has for you because it says, let him not believe that he received anything from God. So God is trying to give you sonship. He's trying to give you clarity. He's trying to give you peace. But now you're walking in doubt. You're saying, God, I do not believe that you are who you are. So I cannot believe what you're giving me and who you say that I am. And I'll, Go ahead and take that, man. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. All of this is so powerful. I really, really hope that we're digesting this. Both of y'all said something that really was kind of like rocking me. When you said we have pieces, right? If a man is used to shattered pieces, he's used to things that are broken. Right? If I'm used to shattered pieces, I'm used to things that are broken, which is why it's easy for me to break you. This, this is, I'm used to broken stuff. I'm used to broken language. I'm used to broken attitudes. I'm used to broken hearts. I'm used to broken fellowship. I'm comfortable there. So when I talk to you a certain type of way, I don't feel like it's wrong because I'm used to shattered things. You see? And, and, and so now many times sisters will say, why does he act like this? I'm used to broken stuff. And the thing about when we're talking about emotions, I really, really believe this. And I was trying to show us this the last few weeks, how it was just God and Adam, just God and Adam. Every man needs that season where it's just God and Adam. When you learn how to worship and it does not feel awkward. You see, any man, when you talk about worship, any man who does not worship is arrogant. 
any man who does not have a prayer life is arrogant. I got this. I don't need God. I will figure out how to get it done. This is actually how we heighten our own anxiety and our own stress. You try to figure it out versus allowing God to help you discover pieces of you that he made you in the first place. And so I think a lot of times what men, what we really have to do, learn how to assign the emotion to each piece. You got more than anger, bro. Come on. That's good. You have more than anger. And this is something that I really, I didn't even know I had this until I got married. Kingdom man, growing up in church, loved Jesus, was a youth pastor, was doing Christian rap. And I was praying when I found out my wife was pregnant. Um, I was praying, God, give me a boy, give me a boy, give me a boy. Because I kind of learned, you know, just ask for me in my house. <laughs> you know, so I want to train up another flower son where I can, in, as me in my house, you know. It was, it was almost like a spiritual masculinity that I didn't even view was unhealthy, right? And so the, the thing that is, that is lacking in a lot of proclaimed kingdom men is tenderness. I know you can be tough. What if she wants you to be her pillow, though? Not to do that. Do you know how to assign an emotion to that piece? When she is crying, do you immediately correlate and project on her that's weak? Why are you crying? Stop all that crying, girl. Ain't no. Or have you learned this means hold her? You don't have to say nothing. Pillow time. Come on. Because later you want pillow talk. See? 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 (laughs) See? <laughs> Later you want pillow talk, but do you know how to be the pillow when she needs it? Yeah. Yeah. You see? But if I'm hard on myself, I don't know how to be delicate with you. So when God blessed me with my daughter and my wife was going to major elementary and I had to stay at home and work with my daughter, being at home as a man. <laughs> With, and my daughter was extremely active, I was forced to be tender. Come on. I was forced to listen. I was forced to study. I was forced to be delicate. And I had to wake up Tanisha in the middle of the night with like two, three in the morning, she was asleep. I just woke her up. She's like, what? I said, uh, you're not a blazer. Blazer, we had this men's group here. It was bold leaders aim for Zion, exposing the righteous standard. Yeah. Like we bold leaders. BLBC, brotherhood led by Christ. This is Sparta. You know, that was kind of how I felt, right? But God was revealing to me, you're not tender. You can roar, but can you cuddle? Not sexual, but just your presence. Just your presence. Some men have a hard time with just telling another man, I love you, bro. You got to say it real, one love. You, whatever it is. <laughs> or, then they, or, they, or they just say one. <laughs> right? I, I have not, I have not like grasped the part of the fruit of the spirit of gentleness. So I had to tell her like, I haven't, I've been treating you like a man. Told my wife this in the middle of the night. I said, I've been treating you like a man. I've been talking to you like a man. I've been thinking that you should respond like a man. And just in prayer tonight, it dawned on me, you're not a man. <laughs> you're not a man. So, you know, I'm being real. Go ahead, bro. But, but you know, 
I say this often, and it's true. It's that like growing up, all I had was anger issues. Yeah, you know, not having a father, I always would communicate my whatever I'm feeling through busting a wall, yelling. All I saw was violence. And one of the things, like me and my wife, one of the things that I realized I had to learn was gentleness. Yeah, because I had to confess to her because you know, like if she's working on you know, discipling her emotions. And she's like, what do you need to work on? I need to work on being gentle because for me, being gentle is one of the hardest things I could ever be. And I think for many men learning how to be, I have to look at my wife, my daughter, but I have to look at my wife sometimes and learn how to just say, I'm sorry, without an explanation. And it's hard because you want to defend and justify and be the lawyer. And I still mess up at it, right? You know? Yeah. But learning how to just be gentle. Yeah. Sometimes a soft answer. Sometimes not having to have an answer. Sometimes just listening because it is self-control that I have to learn. Yeah. As a man, one of the areas that I have to continue to grow in is self-control. You don't yeah. always have to say what you feel. You don't always have to say what you think. You don't always have to fix it. You don't yeah. always have to justify it. But yeah. sometimes just learn. Because being gentle and self-control is trusting God by a different name. Yeah. Is yeah. learning God by a brand new name. And for me, that wasn't the pastor, the area of my life that I have to continue to work on even today is being, are you being gentle? Yeah. Are you, are you being soft? Because soft is always correlated with being weak. Yeah. Being vulnerable. And yeah. so for me today, that's a part of growing spiritually. It's yeah. not just knowing scripture, not just going to church, not paying your tithes, but fruits of the spirit like gentleness. Yeah. And it's you know, the thing about it is... <laughs> I kind of like help break it in men I don't know. Mm. Like every man, if we be honest, you kind of size up another man. Of course. Just walk in, the dude looks at you, and there's some dudes that do this. There's some dudes that say, what's up, bruh? And there's other dudes that just look at you, you know? And so I know what that look mean. He sizes me up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I size him up. But now I'm at a place now when I see them, like, oh, he need healing. Yeah. And I, like, I'll think it. I'll say, what's up, bro? Ain't nobody ever left me hanging either. And if they did, I would not get offended. But I'm noticing this pattern. If I'm gentle, quick, first. I don't have to be, when I see dudes, you know, that I'll be gentle first. Barbershop, dude come in, kind of me mugging. What's up, bro? I'm good. I'd notice just, bro, it just kind of broke. Now, I could have looked at him back. Problem? <laughs> <laughs> or, or even, or even how, how you know we get, we exchange, or we get off a text yeah. message. I love you, bro. I love you too, man. Simple as that. I'm talking about a man with another man being able to say, "I love you," yeah, and not feel less than anything. Yeah, yeah. Th those, that part of the man is needed for a husband, and it is needed to be a father. Hear me, please. The gentle part of you is needed if you're going to be a good, loving husband and if you're going to be a good, loving, present father. Yeah. Present, present, it present. It requires for you to know gentleness. And you Can know, I say 
Go ahead, y'all good. No, I was gonna say is I think a lot of the issue with that is that guys understand it in theory, but the reality of the situation is there's no space for gentleness. Yeah. Because we're so full of toxicity. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's like packing for a long trip and you're trying to stuff everything in the suitcase yeah. and you're leaning on it and you're sitting on it and you're trying to zip it and it's not working and you're trying to fit it all. And the number one natural killer of men is heart disease. And, and that's because the arteries get clogged based on the intake. And a lot of us are dying silent deaths spiritually. Woo! But sit down. <laughs> silent death spiritually is because we are full. We have taken in so much of trauma, abuse, of yeah. misunderstanding and misconceptions yeah. that when it's when a wife is calling for you to be gentle, you're so full up with anger from resentment and bitterness yeah. that I don't have the space to even place gentleness. Mm. So we're dying. We're dying these silent deaths because we are full Damn. with hurt, heartbreak, disappointment, let down. Mm. And we try to interact from the full place mm. of toxicity. Yeah. And we're trying to connect in a level. That's why it's hard for me to connect with God. Mm -hmm. Because I'm so full up with stuff that if I'm really being honest, yeah. I kind of blame you for. Come on. Yeah. We don't want to go there. Yeah. <laughs> because a lot of people come in and we look at God like having these things up. Well, why you let this happen to me? Yeah. I was six. I couldn't defend myself. Come on. So we have this toxic view and we bring this toxicity into the places where we're trying to interact on a deeper level with both God, with our wives, with our children. Yeah. But we're so full because I haven't figured out how to uh, create an outlet for the dis-ease in my heart. Ooh. My arteries are, are clogged. Mm -hmm. yeah. my, gentleness, my gentleness artery is clogged. Mm -hmm. And it's full up with anger. Yeah. So you're calling for me to be gentle, and I'm like, okay, I hear it, but I'm so full right now. Yeah. And getting to the place where I, I can say, okay, I know I need to be gentle, but that requires me yeah. letting go of something else. Yeah. And what we have a problem with is letting go of things until they are resolved the way we want them resolved. Yeah. 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 Resolve in men a lot of times looks like revenge mm -hmm. <laughs> or it looks like the get back Pity. or it looks like that I'm 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 one upping you because yeah. of something that happened to me. And mm -hmm. a lot of it could be me. I have to let it go yeah. even if nothing ever happens on the other end. Yeah. yeah, because what I'm letting go is me making room for. Yeah. How the reason why a lot of men can't be gentle is because I haven't made room for gentleness. Yeah. Look, look, look though, Will. They gentle when they want sex, though. But no, here's you know so. Let me ask you this though. Yeah. Is it gentleness? Keep on. Or is it a false sense? There it is. Approach, because here's the thing. We know how to act the part. Right. Because we we and so a lot of it is, and that's why it's not consistent. Yeah. 
That's why it's for that moment. It's because I'm acting it. Is that a form I, I, of I want, is that a form of man manipulation? Would you is, say? But I want you to bring it out because. Um, a lot of women are confused because when they're gentle in that aspect, they're like, I see it's in you. Yeah. yeah. I see you have the potential to do it. Yes. But it's always for an exchange. Yeah. It's transactional. There it is. That's good. Yeah. Gentleness is, is transactional. Yeah. Transactional gentleness. And it's, it's, it's because, going back to you, the pieces that God created in the first place are still present. When Adam sent in the garden... It didn't change his makeup. That's why when God came looking for him, he still said, Adam, where are you? Right. Not what have you done? Yeah. He said, where are you? Because I still identify you with the you that I made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what happens is yeah. we tap into identifying ourselves with what we did. So and then we get glimpses of God's original creation. Yeah. But then we don't have the, the, the system set up to continue that growth and development. And what And in that space, going back to the voice, is because it'll glimpse out hmm. and then we get quiet and the enemy will come back and refill that space. Yeah. Speaking to that spirit when he told him to never come again. Yeah. We'll have a glimpse and it'll show who we really are. And then all of a sudden when we get quiet, it, that, that anger comes back. But you know what I think, just just coming back to the space, though, I think that even when we we look at this man, like there is a space in which we open our mouths and talk. And is it safe? We talked about this before because yeah. I because I because there are some men who are saying I tried to be gentle. I tried to I tried to, but it's not safe. And so I think for like even if I'm talking to my wife, I say, OK, we're talking about emotions. What would you want me to make sure that I don't mess up? Make, man, I come up here, make sure I'm not lying about anything. She says, sometimes you don't always have it fleshed out of how you're feeling. And so when you talked about assigning a name to the peace, there's sometimes when I'm feeling away, and this Thursday, Therapy Thursdays, my wife and I are going to talk about the sensitivity of a man. Okay. All right. Now, but <laughs> shameless plug. <laughs> what's important, though, is that sometimes I do not have the language to express yeah. what I am feeling and I'm trying to. And can I can we be OK with me just trying? There's a season in a space where he's trying to give language to what he is feeling, but it might not be full to the expectation of, let's say, the woman. So is there a safe space for if you wake up and you tell your wife, man, I've been treating you like a man, you're trying to begin to assign certain behaviors or what you're feeling, and is it safe? Does she come down on you? Yeah. Or does she recognize that you're evolving? Yeah. yeah. And if she recognizes that you're evolving, yeah. can she have enough empathy to not force you, but then let you evolve into this man that you are today and still be coming? Yeah. So for me, Isaac doesn't have it all together. Yeah. My wife said, well, there's, there, you don't always have the language to what you're feeling. Two days ago, I didn't, I woke up in the morning because we had an event going on, true story, and and. I was outside and then I come back in and she's like, you hadn't talked to me all day. You hadn't, true story. You hadn't said anything to me all day. 
And I looked at her and I said, I, I, I had nothing to give to her. Because I'm wrestling in my own mind about something that I have no idea, had no language to. And I'm looking at her trying to give her something, but I could not give it to her. Went back outside and I'm just wrestling like, man, what's going on? Because sometimes he does not have language. And it doesn't mean he's immature. Doesn't mean he doesn't desire. But sometimes he's trying to work through it. And she gave me the space to be able to work through it and I'm on the highway and all I'm frustrated because I got all these things going on and I, I sent her a text and said hey baby thank you for all that you're doing covering our child and working and she was like where did that come from I don't know God just made me remember you yeah. and she was like I feel visible we'll talk more about the Thursday but the yeah. point is is that a man does not always, and he won't always know yeah. what he's feeling or be able to give language to it. Yeah. But is it there a safe space? Because I imagine that man in, in that text, he realized every time he tried to speak, the environment around him shut him down. Yeah. And so all he can remember is when I open my mouth and talk, there's never a safe space, and everybody's talking about me, so it's just better just to be quiet. Yeah. So yeah, my question to that is, how many of, now this is to the women, is that a, are you called to the evolution of a man? Yeah. And have the ability yeah. to stop comparing him where he is now yeah. to the complete version that you require? Yeah. Right. So it's because here's the thing, and I'll give you a little. I'll give you some free game. Is that a lot of women want the completed version? Let me tell you why that's so dangerous. It's because a man draws loyalty to those who is who are with him through the evolution. This is why his homies are always the ones he go to because they remember. The version of me that I was. And what happens is a lot of women want the man who is already making six figures, who already has it going together, who already is walking in purpose and who already is ready to step into what I desire. Right. But the truth of the matter, this is how men sort of are, which is why we see a lot of men who get to that place and then they no, no longer have value for a spouse. Because now I have shaped my identity wow. in who I am and what I make. Yeah. So now you become more of an accessory to me yeah. Yeah. versus a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I, I had to go through all of those nights of building myself alone. And I had to go through all of those nights of yeah. digging myself out of these holes. And I had to go through all of those nights. And when they get to that place where they finally feel like they have arrived... Okay, cool. My only focus now is me. So you got to be cautious, too, of wanting a completed version because when men get complete, quote unquote, wherever they get complete is what makes them complete. Yeah. So now when you say, oh, I want you, he's like, okay, cool. I'm already complete. So I'm really not going to put the effort into you. Yeah. Because I'm already completed with where I am. Yeah. Right. So the question is, are you called to the evolution of a man who has the vision to see the completed version? Yeah. 
but also being called to walking with a man through evolution. Because if you're not, you'll say, well, why you don't talk? And then when he give it to you raw, your feelings hurt. Because I may not have the language for it. I may not have the language for it. And I give it to you because you want it now and it's not processed. So I give you raw emotion because here's the thing. We're not emotional creatures. We're not wired that way. So trying to put a man in an emotional space and telling him to react is like backing a rabid dog in a corner. I'm just going to react. Now I may bite you, (laughs) but my bite may be out of fear. Yeah. Because I'm scared that if I show you what I'm really feeling and I'm yeah. thinking that you may judge me because of how I reacted in a corner. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I, all of this is so profound. And last week I actually was saying uh, if I was speaking to the, to the women, I said, if this doctrine bothers you, you're either under the influence of culture yeah. or you're not a rib. Yeah. Right. So I think the same way of being able to show you parts of me, I think men have to understand a male is a state of birth. Yeah. A man is a matter of choice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? So, so I, I think the same way you have to help with his evolution he has to be able to have time where he has learned how to lead yes. his emotion. Yes. I've allowed myself to be in a place where I submit myself to the leader so, good. so that if I want the position of being a leader, I know how to lead my mouth. Mm. See? See how quiet it's getting? I know how to lead my words. And if I don't know what to say, it's cool to say I don't know yet. Yeah. I tell Tanisha all the time, I, I don't know. Because the, the problem is, a lot of times we are saying what we want to say to get something that we want and hurting people. But that just showed me you can do it. Yeah. What if the exchange wasn't an orgasm, though? The exchange was finding who God called you to be. Come on. You see? Oh, yeah, but he, he, tells me so, he tells me he loves me so much when I have a sex. He's not talking to you. He's talking to the sex. You just overhear the conversation. Come on. See? It's the same way I have to learn. Was that too real? (laughs) For real. I have to learn how to lead in singleness first by being led by the Holy Spirit. So this this is just me, man. There are a lot of men who desire the position but don't have the posture. Yes. And you think because your anatomy, you're equipped to do it. Yeah. No, your anatomy just means you're a male. Yeah. Thank God you got that right because our culture got that confused. Bro, that, I don't want to, I don't want to see. You better take the mic, bro. There, there are many, many men are listening to him right now and they're, they're like, okay, okay, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. But how? Yeah. Right. Like, where do I go from here? How do I begin? I, I think... We have to understand if we see the enemy fighting, we need to know that this is a war against us, all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And so one thing to, to take note of is if the enemy is fighting, look where the enemy is fighting. And if it's true that the enemy fights at infancy, then 
Trust and believe that in the area that uh, the enemy is fighting that man is what the enemy perceives as two things, as infancy and as threat. Yeah. yeah. That's Both. so good, bro. As infancy and as threat. So it's that saying two things. One, <clears throat> the enemy sees that man walking in his security, walking in his confidence, walking in his controlled emotions as a threat. The enemy sees him walking in his controlled passions as a threat, so he fights him in these areas because he knows that once those areas are managed and controlled, he will be a problem to my kingdom. And so begin to start tracing while the enemy is fighting this man financially. Why? Don't just like, he broke, he's a joke. No. Why is the enemy fighting this family, fighting this man in the area of finances? So the second part about that is, if the enemy sees this as infancy, it means that there is a grand treasure on the other side of that. Because if this, if this is the beginning of you, yeah. mm, the enemy sees, oh my gosh, Yeah. I was just talking to you, Pastor Jerry, and he was telling me how all these hurdles are showing up, and I'm like, look at the enemy. Yeah. The enemy looks at this as infancy, and he also looks at it as threat, yeah. and so he's going to try to cripple at infancy because he sees threat, but if you could begin to identify where the enemy is aiming, then you could know how to direct your warfare. Lord, we stand with your word. Yeah. And don't let the enemy see greatness before you do. Come on. Yeah. Come on, boy. So good. Lord, I know where you're going. I know where your voice is leading us. Everything you start, you're going to complete. I know there is greatness at the end of this. Yes. You need to look at a man and say, I know there is greatness at the end of you. Look at a boy and say, I know that God's work is going to be, be fulfilled in your life. There are big things happening. When you see troubled youth, don't look at troubled youth. If the enemy is fighting them in a particular area, then the enemy has robbed something that he perceived as a threat that he's planning to kill. Stand up and say, I stand with what God is seeing in your life. Yeah. I stand with what God is seeing for this ministry. Yeah. If the enemy is seeing this as your infancy and he's seeing it as threat, then yeah. I know that God has promise on the other side of it. And I stand with the promise of God on the other side of this for the men in your life for the boys in your life, for the ministries in your life, in Jesus' name. Yeah. Look, we... Listen, let's stand up. <laughs> Look, we haven't... We haven't done this, but I, I, I just feel led to do this right now. Can I get just all of the men? I, I, want, I, want, I want the world... I want the world to see this. I want hell to see this. I want us to remember this. Can I get all the men just down here? You're not going to have to say nothing, just all men up front, just men. This side, all men. Overflow too, all men, let's go. Men, just up front. Just up front. All of the men up front. Yes, sir, y'all space out. Y'all space out. Space out, brother, space out. I want the world to see this. Y'all space out, brother, space out. All men. I want this to signify the coming back of kingdom men. I want this to signify the rising of kingdom men in the earth. I want this to be a threat to hell that we are still here. We're not going anywhere. Can I get the brothers to say, we here. We here. You tried to stop us, but what? We're here. You tried to hurt us, but what? We're here. 
Will, come on, let's just do a corporate prayer just for men, for men. Sisters, I want you to extend your hands just, just for men. This may be your first time doing this, brothers. I know some of us are unchurched. I understand this. This is the most power move that you have ever made. Right now, coming to the altar, we're just going to pray. That's it. We're just going to pray because this terrifies hell. Okay? Listen, listen y'all. If, if the world got changed with just 11 men, I'm not counting Judas. Well, no, we'll count him because he was, he was purposeful. If the world went upside down for 12 and we got more than 12 men up here. So it's not going to be nothing spooky. Not going to be nothing weird. Weird. I just want us to pray. Will, would you just lead us in prayer? I, I just feel this, y'all. This right here is powerful. Yeah. Just to see men. Let's go. First, before we pray, I just want you to turn around and look at your support system. Turn around and look at everybody who's standing, who's praying with you. Yeah. Because one of the things we think is that we're alone. And we're going to come against this and we're going to pray for everybody that's online too as well. Yeah. Before we do that, we got to give Holy Spirit access. So every man up here... Just repeat after me, God. God, I need you. I need you to come into my heart. To come into my heart. Heal my pain. Heal my pain. Put my pieces back together. Put my pieces back together. The places where I struggle. The places where I struggle. I need your help. I need your help. I may not have language. I may not have language for where I am. For where I am. But give me the language. But give me the language to speak to my future. To speak to my future and claim who you've called me to be. And claim who you called me to be. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I invite you in. I invite you in. To do the work. To do the work. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you right now for what you are doing here. We declare that this is a moment where the trajectory of every man's life begins to shift. We come against every plan of attack on their minds, on their hearts, on their bodies, on their souls, on their futures. We speak to the men that you have called them to be, and we command every attack on their life to be canceled. Father, we pray right now that you would go in and heal the trauma that men have been carrying for decades. God, we pray right now that you send your blood back thousands of generations to heal the breaches for things that happened to them that had nothing to do with them. Yes, we thank you, God, that you're healing the sins of the father, yes, that Lord. you're healing for the, for the sins of the grandfather. Yes, we thank you, God, that you're sending your spirit back into their bloodline yes. to repair where the breaches and the breaks were. Father God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit begin to infiltrate their heart and their mind and put them back together. We declare that these are whole sons. Yes. We declare that they are free sons. Yes, we Lord. declare that they are delivered sons. Yes, we Lord. declare that every generational curse is broken yes. right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, sir. We release the power of God over their lives, yes, over their minds, that there will be a, a restoring, a restoration of your power, of your spirit, of your, of your wisdom. We thank you, God, for wisdom in men to operate in the way that you have called them to operate. And I pray right now that every chain begin to fall off of their minds. Every chain begin to fall off of their hearts. Every chain begin to fall off of their of, of how they operate, how they interact, how they view themselves. God begin to wipe the way that they see themselves that they may see themselves how you see them. That they will identify as free sons. That they will identify as men of God. And that every image that tries to taint how they see themselves, God, let it be removed 
moved. Yes. Begin to change their perspective right now at this yes. altar. They have given you access. Yes. Holy Spirit, come into the broken places. Yes, Father. Holy Spirit, come into the broken places. Yes, Lord. Holy Spirit, come into the broken places and begin to clean the house. Begin to begin to push out every demon. Begin to push out every warlock, every witch, yes. every word curse. Yes. We cancel every word curse in the name. Oh, I feel God on that. Yes, we cancel every word curse that's been spoken over your lives. Yes. In the name of Jesus, yes, I don't care what they called you. Yes, I don't Lord. care what they said about you. Yes. I don't care what they identify with you with. You are a free son. Yes, Lord. And you operate in the power of God. I pray right now, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Yeah, that you begin to go in and break up that hard, stony heart. Yes. Yeah, the places that we, we don't want to release to you. Yes. Because we may feel that we look weak. Yeah. God, help us to step into vulnerability within the spirit realm. Yes, and Lord, give you every single piece that we are struggling with. Yes. Just lift your hands. All the men, lift your hands up. Yes. Lift your hands up as high as you can. Yes. This is an act of surrender. Yes. The police tell you to put your hands up. Yes, but right now in the spirit, yes. you are releasing and surrendering yes. and allowing the Holy Spirit to enter in yes, and Lord. set you free today. We surrender God. Just say that. Say, I surrender. I surrender. Say it again. Say, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. I surrender. God, we give you access to do what you know to do. Yes. And I thank you, God, for healing. Yes, Lord. For breakthrough. Yes. For deliverance. Yes. Oh, yeah. For Oh, I feel deliverance in this house. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Father. I feel deliverance in this house. Yes. Yeah. I feel deliverance in this house. Yeah. I feel deliverance in this house yes, in Lord. the name of Jesus. Oh, I oh, it, it Rabbi. Thank you, Father God. God is healing generational trauma. Yes, Lord. He's healing generational trauma. Yeah. Oh, and he's putting back the hard pieces of your heart. In the name of Jesus, he's putting back the hard pieces of your heart. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Woo, there's victory in here. There's victory in here. Yeah. There's victory in this here. This is where it starts, brothers. Yes. Come on. This is where it starts. This is where it starts. I want this, all, all men, just look at me. You're about to go. I, just, I want you to remember this. This is the day that you came to the altar. You will fight. You will struggle. You will fall. But you're going to get back up. Okay? You're going to get back up. <clears throat> so, just, I want this to be like, a roar. I just want hell to hear this. I'm not even talking about us right now. I want hell to hear this as loud as you could say it. Just one more time. Shout, we hear. We hear. Yeah. Just shake a brother's hand and say, I'm proud of you, King, as you go back to your seats. Just a brother, shake the hand and say, I'm proud of you, King. I'm proud of you, King. I'm proud of you, King.